Welcome to Season 3 of Dreams and Bones, the podcast designed to help us all learn more about practicing the art of creative living. This podcast is part of Grow Me a Story, our website dedicated to the idea that everyone is creative, and inch by inch, row by row, we want to help you grow the creative dreams and bones in your life through conversation with other creatives. My name is Paul Roberts. And I'm his wife, Carol. As your creativity cultivators, Paul and I have been bringing special guests to you since the beginning of 2022 to talk with us about the deep joy and meaning that comes from practicing the art of creative living. We have learned so much over the last year and a half of podcasts that we've decided to revisit a few of those early episodes of Dreams and Bones that have encouraged us in our own creative journey. Today, we're going to return to portions of our very first episode and let you hear once again from our friend, Joy Pursue. We know you'll enjoy hearing about the story of one of our favorite musicians, teachers, actors, and friends. So come with us to December of 2021 and our interview with Joy Pursue. Well, we are here this afternoon with our very good friend, Joy Pursue, and we're going to just uh, sit back and relax and gab for a while and talk about creativity. So we're here in my studio, which is really just uh, Cosette's old room, for those of you that know some of the family, and uh, we're, we're just going to start talking about being creative. We've had enough conversation to, to know that there's a lot of directions that, that we could go. Um, Joy, I'm going to start with this particular question. It is the first one that is on our prepped question list, but I know we're not going to stay with that the entire time. I should say, I'm Paul Roberts. My wife, Carol's right here. Carol, say hi. Hi. That was good. Um, <laughs> and, and then, uh, as I said, our dear friend, Joy Pursun. Joy, looking back at your childhood, Talk to us about elementary school, middle school. What are some things that you can point to that maybe helped shape the creative person that you are today? What, what was going on? Well, you know, I've I thought about that. And when I think of creating, um, first of all, I've told you, I don't associate creative with my life. I never even thought it was a creative thing I did. It was a drive. But what I ended up doing with my life never really clicked into my life until I was probably in the 10th grade. So I remember being in um, just wanting to have fun. And that was what I did for creativity. I mean, that was my creative life. And again, I was um, raised in the Nazarene church and allowed to do, well, I shouldn't say allowed, it sounds like a cult, and did what little kids did, but we didn't listen to the radio, rock and roll music. We didn't, um, music, the only music I knew was gospel quartet music and the hymnal. Yeah. And even the our little church choirs and stuff. I remember my mom always telling me, Joy, you sing so loud in choir. Well, it wasn't because I like to sing, but I like to be noticed, I guess. That was a big deal to me. She seemed like a bird up there with your mouth going. <laughs> but I never really felt anything creative other than I look back on it. I mean, I did a darn good job making uh, pies out of dirt and <laughs> running my own restaurant. My grandma would let me run 
a grocery store on her back patio. And as a little kid, I remember putting all of that together and thusly probably preparing me for some day, you know, when I was directing a play and doing things like that. But the actual thought of creativity really probably never entered my life until I came up to North Idaho from Nampa, Idaho. I was born and raised there and I was in an orchestra, loved playing the cello. Oh, never, I forgot that. Yeah, never thought that it would, you know, I thought I'd play the cello until I was a senior. Then whatever I was going to do, it would just come naturally. Well, you come to North Idaho, there are no orchestras at that time. Mm-hmm. And so mom said it was late and I had to pick an elective. And she said, well, why don't you be in choir? And I went, oh, I don't want to be in choir. Please don't <laughs> make me be in choir. Well, I was in choir and I don't know, something just snapped and popped and it worked for me and I found myself leading the choir when teacher wasn't there and it just became important to me. So when did you move up here then? What year? In My school? sophomore year. Your sophomore year, you moved to... Post Falls. Post Falls. Mm-hmm. And we were uh, definite rivals of Kellogg. We didn't yeah. like to say the word Kellogg. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I moved to Post Falls, and um, it was much smaller at this mm-hmm. time. Much, much smaller. Mm-hmm. But I loved it there. I loved... Um, my dad had a company, a trucking company, and he moved from trucking for armor to uh, running his own grain trucks. And so he had to run from Pasco to Great Falls and he hauled grain back and forth to the, from the farm. And that's what, that, that's what brought about the move was mm-hmm. dad's job changed and you had to move up here. I'll never forget. We came through on a night. I, we were all in daddy's truck and he took us through here. It was just starting to get dark, but it wasn't dark enough that I couldn't tell that the water was a funny color. <laughs> and I could also tell that there was no trees on the mountains. And I just said to him, what is wrong with this place? Mm-hmm. And he tried to explain it to me. And then, of course, we went over Lookout Pass. I mean, Fourth uh, of July, which scared me to death. Mm-hmm. And then we come into Post Falls and he kept saying to me, I'm going to move you to a little town named Athol. <laughs> and I kept saying, Dad, that's not even funny. No, he said, look at it, it's on the map, and I did it. I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm running away from, I'm not going to Athol. <laughs> but we ended up in Post Falls and loved it there. I loved it there. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, it was just a good fit for me. When, when did yeah. you start playing piano? Oh, piano. That Now, that was just expected. Uh, you pick an instrument, and mom wanted us to play the piano, and I think in the back of her mind it was, someday you'll play for church. Mm-hmm. So I started taking lessons, and so did my sister Jean. I don't know why Jean was allowed to stop. I wasn't allowed to stop. I don't even remember asking to stop. But I started probably in the first grade mm-hmm. and just kept taking. And wow. then when I came up here, um took from Mrs. Rodkey and some different people over in Post Falls that uh, – that people have known for years. And um, then my sophomore year, I quit taking piano. And that's when my mom said to me, Joy, if you're not going to take piano lessons anymore, you must be ready. So the next thing you know, we move into this little tiny Post Falls Nazarene church who doesn't have an accompanist. Mm -hmm. And my mom played, my sister-in-law played, and I played. And it was, to them, it was like heaven. Oh, my gosh, we have three piano players. <laughs> and then my mom said, and you're going to direct the choir. And I was like, what? <laughs> I don't even know what I'm doing. But as a sophomore, I started directing the church choir, and wow. I started giving lessons. 
I would drive my little 58 Ford station wagon <laughs> to people's homes, and for a dollar, I would teach their kids how to play start piano. Wow. And I never stopped giving piano lessons till about four years ago. Mm. Wow. Every year, I was still charging a dollar. No, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It did inflate as well, but no, I didn't charge those. But I loved it. I loved it. I loved giving piano lessons up mm -hmm. to the time I stopped. And when I didn't like it, I stopped doing it. Mm -hmm. Are you starting or currently working on a creative project, but don't know what to do next? Do you need someone to talk to? Someone who will give you feedback and tools to get your creativity back on track. This is what Gromia's story is all about. Paul and Carol Wollum Roberts, your creativity cultivators, will help you start, continue, or complete creative projects, big or small. Visit www.gromiastory.com to learn how Paul and Carol can help. Now, back to Dreams and Bones. So your first time doing piano lessons, were, were you making this up off the top of your head? Yeah. Just kind of saying, I yes. knew what... I, I don't know. And, and maybe that is a creative thing. I truly believe there are creators and then there are followers mm -hmm. of creators that you trust. Mm -hmm. And I've always had the ability, and I don't... I think sometimes it was um, frustration of sitting in a room full of people who are waiting for someone to take charge. And <laughs> I, being the dummy, would always sit around and they go, well, we don't know. What do you think? I don't know. What do you think? And it's like, I got things to do, people. I'll do this, We, you know. And so I think it was the same way with lessons. It just enticed me that at a, at an age of sophomore in high school, I could go to someone's house and make a dollar by teaching them how to start the piano. And I knew how to do that. I didn't think it never scared me it never I never questioned it nobody told me I had to do it I just there were kids in the church and mom wanted to thought I thought well that's a good idea I guess I will and there weren't books like there are now you know it's the own Thompson books and I didn't have the ability to buy the books or mm -hmm. I, you know I just had the old books that I started with so I would just give them to the kids and and go from there but it, it was it led to quite I was able to meet some amazing people teaching piano over the years. I could tell you horror stories and wonderful stories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and and so when did you when did you start thinking about going into education and being a teacher? Uh probably my sophomore junior year when the teacher, this is terrible to say, I won't mention names, but she, she had literally a nervous breakdown. Mm. And it was just too much for her. And so I basically kind of took over the class for the sub and would teach. Mm -hmm. And I kind of liked it. And I don't know why I liked it. My sister was in there, and I don't think she liked me being in there trying to tell her <laughs> what to do. I wasn't telling anybody what to do, but I knew how to bring them in, and I knew if the parts are right. And, and then I was also at the piano at the same time. So it was a natural thing now to just work into that, to teach from the piano and to teach singing. So. I think that just helped me make a decision. 
But I had my heart set on Northwest Nazarene College because that I was a Nazarene. That's what Nazarenes did. Mm-hmm. Pick a college, one of the Nazarene colleges all over the United States and go. Well, I just knew that's where I was going. But when I got into my senior year and, and uh, dad's business had hit a wall and they didn't have the money. And I remember dad and mom coming to me and saying, Joy, we can't send you to NMC this mm-hmm. year. Oh, gosh, I was devastated. Mm-hmm. Devastated. I just thought, oh, my life. And who's going to teach me how to teach? Because it's such a wonderful education school. And then I went to NIC, and I've never had more fun in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, got away a little bit from the Nazarene teachings. That's when I started, you know, kind of learning. There was a whole other world out there. So it was know. probably a good it was a good, good thing, thing. Yeah. and because of it also, I made some stupid choices. Mm-hmm. I know that, And but when you get that kind of freedom, when you've been mm-hmm. stifled for so long, I think you have more of a tendency to make stupid choices than if it's just been part of your life, you don't even think of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember uh, my senior year, I was uh, president of the student body, and um I had I had to go to one of the formal dances and I was in charge of them decorating. I remember thinking, how can I dance to rock and roll music and how can I do this when it's I know I'm not supposed to, you know. And I remember my dad saying to me, "Well, why don't they have prom in the afternoon, Joy? I just don't understand why they have it at night. Can't they have it in the afternoon?" (laughs) 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 I said, "Well, I guess they could, Dad, but I know it's just always during the night." But they were smart enough to let me go and let me do. And they knew what they had taught me, and they knew that I um, was a fairly intelligent person. Mm -hmm. And so pretty much my junior year, they stopped any of that. Now, my grandma has a whole different story. She could see red fingernail polish from five (laughs) feet. I mean, she and she was blind. She could still see it. (laughs) So you always had grandma and grandpa to kind of keep you on the way. But... It opened up a whole new world for me. Uh, the college of Mr. Frost and um, just new things, new things. <laughs> and then finally my uh, sophomore year in college, I got to go to NMC and then did hit the education. And I tried, I sh- shoved a five-year program into four years because dad and mom said, you work for us in the summers, driving truck and doing all this stuff, and we'll put you through college. And I thought, Psh, that's a good deal. And so they did. You were a trucker. I tr- I drove semi truck. Yes, I did. Wow. And then sometimes I started. Well, first I started under the trucks changing uh, oil and stuff. <laughs> and then I then I went into uh, going out and sleeping by the silos while the trucks came through. There were like eight or nine of them at the time. And then I'd load them. And you mm-hmm. timed how fast the grain came out so you weren't overloaded. And then I know there were a few times that they went through the way station, they would all be overloaded and they'd all get tickets. So they never really had to pay them because they knew I was the one doing it. But And then it was just natural to start driving for dad. Mm-hmm. But I remember my mom standing outside while we were pulling away and I'm learning how to shift and it's... She's sobbing and crying. <laughs> Larry, Larry, be careful with my baby. And I think you just see out there crying. <laughs> but he could go to sleep in the sleeper. My dad would go in a sleeper, and he could tell by the sound of the engine if I was going too fast. 
you know, everything. Mm -hmm. And I would think he's asleep and he'd always go, how fast you going, Joy? (laughs) Got it, Dad. It It was a great life. It's a great life. Mm -hmm. I have no complaints about it other than sometimes I wish I knew more. But now that I have grandchildren living their lives, Mm -hmm. I wish they all knew less. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Did you ever write your own music? Never really wanted to. I have, uh, mostly just out of need, yeah. not out of desire. I have written many, many songs in my sleep. Absolutely mm-hmm. gorgeous music. Sang it, I would sing it over and over, and I would wake up and I'd think, oh, gosh, what was that? Never remember it. And mm-hmm. I just never felt the Lord led me to that. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I don't know. I just knew what was black and white on the music, and my piano players wouldn't let me, in you know, do any improv or uh, we didn't do chording. You played the way it was written. Yeah. So I don't think that was ever nurtured, really. Go on your own, and it wasn't like it is today. You know, the people. Right. If I if I could have religious music the way it is today, and and worship music and. I think I probably could. You know, I listened to Lori when she, your sister, yeah. when she writes, and it just, I think I probably could. I just didn't think mm-hmm. we were supposed to. Mm-hmm. They just bring it to us, the new music, and yeah. we learn the new music. I never thought that it was something I did. We were thinking about. Thank you for joining us for another year of conversations with people who live creative lives. Paul, as you listen to Joy again, was there anything that stood out for you this time? You know, I had forgotten about her story of driving truck, being a mechanic, uh, working for her father, and the ways that, uh, that that shaped who she was. You know, it's all of those different things that we get to do that sometimes uh, add to who we are and and I think that's part of Joy's creativity is being willing to take on uh, different things, unusual things, new things. That's a great thing. Yes, it is. Well, as we bring this episode to a close, we would like to thank you for listening to this program. Would you like to see what else we do at Grow Me A Story? Visit www.growmeastory.com to sign up for our weekly newsletter, read our Fertile Ground blog posts, and find more ways to learn about living a creative life. Join us next Friday for another conversation from the Dreams and Bones archives. And don't forget to subscribe to Dreams and Bones on either Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. Just search and subscribe to any of these apps on your phone, and you will be notified each Friday when another episode of Dreams and Bones has been published.